Hello and welcome to another episode. I'm Dr. E, the stem cell guy. You are now on the highway to health and I'm here to guide you. Our guest for today's episode is Pradeepa Narayana Swami. Pradeepa is a fertility coach who's been helping couples go through the emotional roller coaster that are fertility treatments. She shares with us how she got started in this and her own fertility journey. She discovered that there was a lack of support and a lack of understanding surrounding fertility problems. So she decided to make her hair mission in order to help all these couples going through these same struggles. She talks about the stigma surrounding fertility, both for men and for women, how it's so difficult for us to talk about it, and what we can do to change that. It's a really, really good episode. In our last episode, episode 8, we featured Barry Smeltzer. Barry is an environmental health expert who shared with us how our environment and the things that we do and we surround ourselves with are affecting our health and that of our children. If you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to it because there's a lot of very important actionable information in that episode. If you enjoy the show, it would mean the world to me if you could take a moment and leave us a rating on iTunes. All you need to do is go to iTunes, search for our show, and leave us a star rating, hopefully five, but you decide. It really helps us get noticed with all the podcasts out there. So thank you for that. And now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Pradeepa Narayana Swami. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Highwood Health Show. Today, I have a very special guest with us. Her name is Pradeepa Narayanayaswamy, and she's a double-certified professional coach with the International Coaching Federation, and she's also a certified professional co-active coach with over eight years of coaching experience. Her long, lonely, and painful struggles for 11 years with infertility included three miscarriages, three IUI failures, and eight back-to-back IVF failures before she was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. She then made it her life's purpose to coach women, men, and couples going through infertility struggles. Her mission is to help your infertility journey suck less. She strongly believes couples, men, and women who feel empowered with fertility coaching have a more positive experience. Pradeep is not just talking the talk about infertility. She has walked the walk for a very long time and found her light at the end of the tunnel. She's looking forward to helping you discover your possibilities. Wow, what a great introduction. Welcome to the show, Pradeep. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much, Dr. E. I am so thrilled to be on this show with you today. Great. Well, you know, we're very, very happy to have you here. Most of the people who listen to us, they are usually busy couples, moms, dads, but we also have a lot of busy individuals who have struggled with infertility. In my particular circle, a lot of people, a lot of friends growing up, they struggle quite a bit with infertility and it seems to be more and more common. Why do you think this is? People are talking a lot more nowadays compared to it is, even though we are not talking as much as we should be. So why it is, it's, I'm assuming that there are, of course, lifestyle changes and you know how we live our life and when we choose to have our baby and all those things come into play. But to me, growing up, you know, I grew up in India. 
growing up in India, I was surrounded by people who always get married and they'll have a child. So for me, that's a common thing. All right. You know, you get married, you have sex and you have a child. So for me, I never even knew about things like infertility exist because we don't talk about that, nor I have seen anybody struggling through that. And when it hit me personally, that's when it really opened up my eyes. Oh, there is something called infertility. It's a disease, right? Oftentimes from the medical world, we call it a disease, but many people don't know that it is a disease. Like this is something that happens in your body, your inability to have a child. And that was pretty shocking for me personally when it hit me. So that's when I realized, oh my God, how naive I was growing up, not knowing anything about this. And ta-da, like when I was 25, 26, when I saw my OBGYN for the first time after the recurrent miscarriages, she referred us to our infertility specialist. I was pleasantly surprised, but it also, I was a little bit ashamed by, boy, I didn't know about this, right? So there is that awareness factor that is also missing quite a bit. So one of my reasons, and thank you again for the opportunity, is to promote the awareness of how much infertility is amongst us and why we should keep talking about it. And irrespective of whether we are going through it or not, doesn't matter. We should still keep talking about it so that people around us, if they are going through this, will be able to open up and share some of the pains and struggles that they're having. Of course. Yeah, I think that's a great thing that you're doing. I do want to recognize that because it is a real need. It is something that is becoming even more common. And just like you shared, it's something there should be even more awareness brought into it because it is a lot more common than we tend to think. And if you look at it from a health point of view, regardless of whether you want to have children or not, which is a very valid choice. And for a lot of couples, they're like, you know what, we don't want to have children. And that's perfectly valid. But from an evolutionary standpoint, fertility is the epitome of health. That's simply how evolution works. It's survival of fittest and you're born, you grow, you reproduce, right? Because that's how you have your offspring. That's how you spread your genes and that's how we stay in this planet. So the mere fact that somebody's not being able to reproduce, it means that there is something going on and it has to be addressed regardless of whether you want to have kids or not. Exactly, exactly. It is a common, basic, expected function, especially when people are trying to have a child, right? And if it doesn't work, yes, there is a medical flaw in the body, but there is also this, oh, I cannot have a child, even though I wanted to, it kind of tests you as a human being, right? You are supposed to, right? Like I'm using my hands and ear coding here. You're supposed to have a child. But if it's a choice and if you can't do it, then, oh, what is wrong with you kind of a deal, right? Not from just the medical aspect of it, but from, you know, I cannot do this, right? This is something that's expected of me and I'm a failure here. Yeah, exactly. I'm failing as a woman. I'm failing as a man. And there's a lot of shame, as you very well explained at the beginning. So it has got to be addressed, I feel. It affects a person individually very, very deeply because there is the stigma associated with that. And, you know, it affects your ego, right? It affects how you live your life and especially shame, right? You are not able to talk about this challenge, you know, if you're keeping it inside, especially there is so much of the shame factor that goes in like, oh my God, I can't even share this with anybody. What would that person think of me, right? Would they think less of me, right? 
Yeah. And how many couples end up splitting because of this, because they cannot have children in the end, because that's something they wanted. And it's neither one of them's fault in a way, but it is something that is happening. And like I said, there is a real need for us as a society to start addressing this. And before we really go into the causes, which I'm sure you have a lot of insight into what's causing this clear uprise in infertility, I wanted to ask you about your own journey. So how did you really find out about this? You had no idea until you were not able to conceive. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Like I was very naive and I don't think there is any tests that are available yet. Again, I'm not coming from the medical side. So there may be scientists and doctors who may be coming up with some tests that can detect these problems early in your life. But as far as I know, when I went through this, I wasn't aware of anything. And the first time I got pregnant and I miscarried and I miscarried again and I miscarried again after our third miscarriage, our OBGYN was puzzled by why my body is rejecting it. Then she got puzzled and she said, I don't know, maybe I wanted to refer you to a fertility specialist. So that's when I moved from seeing my OBGYN to a specialist. That's my starting point because it was not happening for me. And I think my doctor did say that like, okay, this is the third time. Maybe right now we should go and see a specialist. That's how I ended up seeing my doctor for the first time as a fertility specialist. And you know what? That's actually a very interesting point you make because how many people really go through life having no idea that they have a fertility problem or a fertility complication or a disorder in a way? Because I am assuming that before that, you consider yourself completely healthy. You were young, you were healthy, you had a good diet, you got married, and suddenly you found that you were not able to conceive. And that is something that, like I said at the beginning, even within my circle, I am finding that more and more people, young people, healthy people struggle with this because there's no screening, there's no test. I mean, women are having their periods, they're developing normally, they're having their pap smears, they're doing everything that they should be doing but still they're not being able to conceive. Is this what you commonly see that people only find out when they start struggling? I'm almost hoping that at least many of my clients, that's how they also find it for themselves. When they are not able to conceive or when they are miscarrying or when their OBGYN recommend to a fertility specialist, that's when people realize like, oh, maybe I have a problem unless they have medical conditions right from a childhood that they kind of know growing up, like I won't be able to have a child, right? Like you said, right now, that's how people are finding out, especially when they're actively trying for six months to a year and without any protection and still not able to conceive. And I don't necessarily want to compare, but that also brings up a lot of pain and terrible experiences because when you're not able to conceive, that's one thing. And that's probably very frustrating for all the people in this category. But as a parent, having miscarriages, just even one, I cannot even conceive how painful that is. And having them more than once, once you're built up and once you're doing this, and I lived my wife's pregnancy with our one and a half year old right now. And throughout that pregnancy, how she got closer and closer with him and how she was bonding with him and all these things. And I cannot even imagine or start to imagine what many of these people must be going through. Yeah. So it is definitely something that I'm very happy there's someone like you taking away that stigma that it is not their fault. Yeah. It's not that they're inadequate and there are things that can be done. 
I'll share some statistics because I feel people oftentimes don't realize how many people are struggling through this. One in three women miscarry in her lifetime. One in three across. And right now, according to American Society of Reproductive Medicine, one in eight couples are going through infertility. That means if you're in a room full of people, 10 around that age, there is a guarantee that one of them is actively going through infertility challenges, one couple. And I was in Canada earlier this year for a Canadian fertility show, and I saw the startling statistic shared from our Canadian friends. They said it's one in six couples there are going through infertility. And we are on a rise here. So I wouldn't be surprised if that rate increases for us right now. That has always also historically been the case, the farther up north. And I'm guessing that has a lot to do with our exposure to the sun and our production of vitamin D and different hormones and all these things. But before I start going really into the potential causes myself, I'm going to let you as an expert really address, based on your experience, what you think is currently causing these tremendous rise in infertility. I have done few share of some research on my own. I'm very interested in talking to different people going through infertility challenges and asking questions like, hey, what do you think or have your doctor nailed down some of the causes apart from some medical causes such as the PCOS is very common, endometriosis is pretty common, recurrent miscarriage losses is pretty common. And then for me, ours was unexplained infertility meaning all the tests, it's coming out as normal, yet we won't be able to know what is causing your ability or inability to carry, right? Carry a pregnancy. So there you go. That was the most frustrating thing. And again, research says 33% of the causes are caused by some kind of women factor. 33% are by men factor and remaining 33% is combination factor between both the couples, there's something problematic or it's unexplained, just like mine. That's the majority. But again, if you go out, it's been so interesting. By 2020, Dr. E, the fertility industry is going to be a 20 billion, B as in boy, billion dollar industry, which is whopping wow. And these are not just people going to clinics and getting their expensive treatments and medications. These are the acupunctures, the fertility yogas, the fertility massages, fertility teas, fertility supplements. Add something with the word fertility. All these people who are trying different things to help people get pregnant, whether it works or not. I'm telling you this because I used to do all these things because My journey was 12 years of really long, painful struggle. I was extremely desperate to find some magic pill or some magic thing, a silver bullet that's going to cure me and help me get pregnant. Out of that desperation, I was willing to try anything and everything. So I did a research. That's me personally. I've done all these things. I did a research where people answered a bunch of questions. And it was startling to see there are beliefs like using certain essential oils to eating McDonald's fries from a certain McDonald's. I'm not kidding. Like these were all the answers that was given to me as a cure for infertility. So the desperation 
that our people have wanting to get pregnant. And there are so many companies knowingly or unknowingly take advantage of all of us, right? Including me. I used to be one of that person. I used to, I am a master Googler, by the way, when it comes to infertility, because I used to be sitting in Google all day, every day, trying to do research and trying to find what would help me to get pregnant. And that's how much I used to be on the internet all the time. I'm sure that not only defines you, I'm sure that there's a lot of other women and men who have been in your shoes. I know from experience, I used to run a stem cell clinic in Cancun where we saw patients from literally all over the world because we were one of the very first to start popularizing and creating different treatments for previously untreatable, quote unquote, conditions. And we literally had people coming from all over the world for these kind of treatments. And the thing that I'm trying to say is that This is a recurring theme that I kept hearing in different disease-specific communities. So whether you're talking about the autism community, you're talking about the multiple sclerosis patients, you're talking about patients with COPD, you're talking about patients with different kinds of conditions, this is a recurring theme. So people will listen to their doctors, but they will not take, there's no option for an answer. They won't be happy with saying, you know what, there's nothing we can do. For instance, so patients with multiple sclerosis is very common. They go in, they see their doctor. The doctor says, there's nothing we can do. This medication will slow it down. We'll see you again in six months, see how much worse you're off. A lot of people simply don't like that answer. Now, the other side of the coin is exactly what you just mentioned. When other, let's just call it shady individuals start noticing this, they can start creating these different products and solutions for these different communities. And when you go online, they all have the exact same platform. Everybody has the exact same manner, the exact same way to reach people. All you need to do to be an expert online is to have a blog and that's for free. You only need a, like an email account. So that's the main goal for my podcast to really bring in that experience and help people who have different conditions that we're discussing throughout the show or different health challenges to help them discern and understand what's good, what's reputable, what can have a solution and what they should be staying away from. So I'm very happy to be able to talk to you about these things. Yeah, exactly. I go to different conferences because Fertility coaching is very new. A lot of fertility doctors, when their patients are not able to handle their emotional pains, they immediately, including when I was going through it, including my doctor, go see a counselor, right? Go see a therapist. But at that time, I did not need a therapist. I was perfectly fine. I mean, I wasn't broken or anything. I really wanted to know where I wanted to move forward with this, with my three miscarriages, three intrauterine inseminations, and eight back-to-back-to-back IVFs, including donor eggs, right? At some point, my doctor said, like, Pradeepa, we cannot use your eggs. Your eggs probably are not working anymore. And when he said that, that was even a shocker for me. Like, okay, now somebody is saying, like, I'm not good enough, right? Like, when it hits me, it's really hard to process. Apart from that, he also said, like, okay, we are going to go for more younger person's egg. And there are people in this world who are willing to donate those eggs and we can use that and, you know, do the mishmash and then put it and see what happens, right? So I did three cycles of that to get over that hump of accepting, okay, I'm not going to be carrying my own eggs. It's going to be somebody else's. There is a mindset that I have to get to. And it was very difficult. I was very angry with my husband at that time, to be honest with you, because in my mind, 
we are still going to use your sperm. We are not going to use mine, right? So the baby, of course, is not going to have my DNA, probably is not going to look like me, but yet I'm going to carry it in my mind. What if I don't like the baby, right? What if I get angry at that baby? All sorts of these stories that I'm going to make up. So it was very hard to even get over that hump, not only to accept, okay, then I have to accept, okay, I have to select somebody and then we have to use their eggs to do this. I did get pregnant once with twins, but I end up miscarrying it again. And the rest of the two, it didn't work out. So going through so many humps like this, I was literally stuck in my life. I really didn't know what is there for me. Internet is not giving me options. By the way, I tried everything that's there to try. There is no options for me. I was feeling stuck. It was affecting my relationship. It was affecting my life. It was affecting my career. It was affecting me an individual, right? Everything is at a kind of like a standstill for me. I really wanted to know what's ahead of me. At that time, I didn't know I was looking for coaching, to be honest with you. I didn't have that exposure. So I was going to traditional therapy and therapy didn't help me because that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for something different. And I couldn't, first of all, relate with my therapist because she didn't go through what I was going through. Wonderful person, but I couldn't connect with her. Rest aside, why I'm telling you this is because I was looking for something different, now I'm going to different conferences and creating that awareness. Like, hey, therapy may be great for you, but there is also this different option. But when other vendors see me, especially who are into supplements and things like that, they kind of come and ask, like, maybe can you recommend my supplement to your patients? Three people, three different people in this year already approached me about like, hey, one of them was pushing really hard. And I say, I'm not a medical doctor, nor I will ever, ever recommend any supplements to anybody. That's unethical for me. I'm just a coach. I'm going to help people from the emotional side of the house. I'm not going to add supplement to them. If I ever do that, then I'm not true to who I am as a person. So I want to bring that point back to you. There are people like that come to the conferences and say, take the supplement or drink this tea. You'll be pregnant, right? So there is so many of that that's out there. And one thing I can talk from my experience, coaching people, couple of my clients from last year, all sorts of complications, even more complications than me. One of them lost a baby while she was actively carrying it and then wasn't able to get pregnant and had multiple IVF failures. One of them, the doctors kind of gave up. We don't know why you can get pregnant. Probably we should stop. She was at that point of giving up on the treatments because it was extremely expensive and you cannot just write check Every time, these are really expensive checks that you end up writing. I had the privilege to coach both of them, two different people from two different parts of the country. And I never promise baby as an outcome for coaching. I never promise that. I always tell my potential clients, if I promise you a baby, you should just hang up the phone right now and just run away from me. Because that's not what I do. I am not a medical person. But what I can help you with is having a good mindset to go into your treatments, to go see your doctor or whatever you're doing, right? Having that mindset, having an experience that's more positive and go after what's going to happen and see how you are able to get through that. Because I've been through, like I said, eight IVFs. Each IVF cycle 
is approximately three to four months in time frame, depending upon, you know, the medications, the hormones and all the processes and tests that you need to do. Four months going through this every day, injections and blood work and tests and more tests and all these things. It's so hard on you as a person and not having a right mindset through this, which I did not have, by the way, when I was going through this, it will not help you move forward. And both these ladies, one of them just had a baby. Both of them were able to get through their treatment journeys in a more positive manner, have a mindset that they were able to show up irrespective of whatever is going to happen because one of them is a big mystery. Everybody kind of gave up on her, including her doctors. So when she went through that, she needed to have this courage and a different mindset, go into this treatment, knowing that the chances are going to be so, 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 so against her. Somehow, magically, she was able to conceive. And their doctors were like, wow, we don't know why it worked. There are so many things that medical science still cannot explain why something happens or why something doesn't happen. At the beginning, when you described an unknown infertility issue, and the medical word for that is idiopathic, which basically means we have no clue. There are so many things that fall within that category. It's shocking for a lot of people. They think like, oh, we know it all. And no, we don't. We're far from it. And every day we are learning new things. The complexity of everything, of how our bodies work, they open up and then we're able to see this. Going back to what you were sharing, I think that the most important thing there when working with these couples, and I'm guessing that you mostly work with women, but I'm also assuming that you work with the couples. I work with men, women, and couples. Oh, that's perfect. Initially, I've started working only with women because they are the most affected by this speaking. And very, very soon I realized, no, men are also in this. Statistically, right? 33% is men. 33% is women. And 33% is couple, which half of technically is men again, right? So 50-50. So I started working with men And one thing that I realized is two things. First of all, men are not being actively supported in this period. Women has a lot of options now, like these supplements and all these things. And there are support groups, you know, they are more willing to go to therapy and things like that. But for men, there is literally no support available. This is something that they cannot go and talk to just their buddies right? They have to make it intentional, right? To go to talk to somebody who can really relate and understand and listen to them. So first of all, men do not have support. And second, men are typically fixers, typically, right? Typically, I'm not talking about everybody, but typically fixers. This is one thing that they cannot fix for them or for their wife or for their partner. And they get really, really frustrated by that. Of course. And of course, they don't willingly go and seek help, typically. Well, it is a very vulnerable subject because even if we go back again, going to evolutionarily, and we talk about how we've become the society that we currently are, it is the men's job to provide and to conceive children, right? And then it's the women's job, supposedly, and I say quotes, not stereotyping, it's just evolution, right? And it was the woman's role I don't want to say job, but her role to carry the child through pregnancy 
and then raise the children, right? So that girls could have more children and boys could go back and hunt and provide for their families, correct? So as a man, going out there and accepting that you're not able to fulfill your most, in a way, basic human role, it's not easy. You have to open up to somebody and say, well, I'm being a failure. So you're not being able to conceive. Then you automatically assume that it's all on you. Right. Yeah, exactly. And going back to the research that I did, men do, when they are not able to find help or talk to somebody, typically they don't go for that. I've talked to so many men, potential clients, they come on and say, you know, I am so enraged. I asked, how do you cope up with that? How do you go about? One person said, like, I go to shooting range and shoot, right? And there is one person, again, this is not directly somebody told me, but a friend of mine told me when one of her acquaintances knew about this, that person went about trying to sleep with as many women as possible to prove his masculinity. So people do different things. It is really eye-opening that you've been able to identify that men are just as likely as women to have these fertility issues. And a lot of the times, it's not that one is completely infertile and the other one is. It's that when they combine, they simply cannot procreate. So those are also things to consider. Now, for instance, how do you get started working with someone in this field? When do they seek you out? How is it? What happens is people get to a point in their fertility journey. When I say fertility journey, after they start their treatments or they know that they're not able to have at least for a few years, then they will come to me. So that's right now very typical. But what I suggest, if I had an option to go back in my time, right, turn my clock back, I would start seeing somebody. I would start seeing a coach like myself when I actually start trying, to be honest with you trying to get pregnant as early in the game as possible. Because oftentimes I see people like, I'm not ready for this yet. But what they are not realizing is you do need to have a good mindset, a positive mindset, a good experience going into this, not waiting for all these to fail and then realizing like, oh my God, I need this. So being more proactive and starting as early. So my recommendation, I partner up with doctors and clinics. So, and I run workshops for them, in-person workshops for them. So what I'll tell is, if you're a woman just starting your fertility journey, just starting your journey, meaning you're just seeing your doctor, I just had your first appointment and you're waiting for whatever the next steps are, come to this workshop, right? So what I'm saying is same thing, start getting coaching. You do need to have that right mindset and right attitude going into this. As much as people try to lose weight, a lot of people try to eat properly, right? There are other things that they do for their body, for their physical self. But a lot of people don't do for their mindset and for their mental self, their spiritual health, their mental health, their emotional health. People oftentimes ignore that. We've spent the last couple of episodes, as a matter of fact, and it wasn't really planned. It just happened that way that I interviewed uh, Jay Cole, a meditation expert. I'm very much into meditation and mindfulness. I'm to become an optimized coach as well. I do a lot of coaching and I couldn't agree with you more because although I do coaching from a medical point of view for people who really want to up their game and they really want to get to that next level with health, with wellness, all those things. 
it is almost impossible without the right mindset. And it is crazy how much we have forgotten about this. There's a pill for everything, apparently. So we don't necessarily need to really focus on what we're doing. We don't need to stop and think, and we don't need to nourish our mind. We're constantly being bombarded from every direction with different kinds of messages. And people don't realize how much these things affect you. Like right now, I mentioned at the beginning, we have a one and a half year old toddler and our wife and I, we talk a lot about the kind of things that we want him to see. And we've changed even the words we use because we realize that although she and I can understand what we really mean when we say something, we realize that we are making an impact. So we're filling his mind or we're even filling our mind with these different ideas, concepts, images, a stimuli. And we don't realize how much it actually permeates into our everyday life. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's why working with somebody like myself and opening up and sharing what you are truly going through, because oftentimes women, it's easy for them to open up majority of the time. Men, it's not so much, but opening up really helps them because I do work with men. I do have men clients and all they say is like, oh my God, I did not realize how much my fertility is affecting my career right now. I want this promotion really badly, but I can't because this is so much. People don't realize you cannot box these things. You are one human being and all these things are connected. That's what I always used to tell my team back at the clinic and back at the biotech firm that I used to work at. And whenever I've been having a larger team, I always tell that there's no such thing as work-life balance. We are the same person, regardless of whether I'm at the office or whether I'm here. So my job at that time as a leader, as a boss, was to make sure that as much as possible, they came in. And they focus on what they had to do there so that when they left, they could leave and they could completely forget about what we had to be doing there or what was supposed to happen on Monday and they could enjoy the time with their families. And in exchange, they would also agree to as soon as they walked into the office, they would be able to focus on those things. Because I understood that, listen, if you have trouble at home, it's going to affect how you perform here. So let me help you make sure that you are as a whole in a right state of mind. So it's super important. Exactly. You can't just pretend that infertility is not affecting you. In fact, it was, it is affecting, right? People oftentimes don't realize that are not willing to connect the dots or they won't be able to see it. But when you take care of that by coming to this with the right mindset, right? I work with couples a lot, Dr. E, because like you said, I think you mentioned this quite a bit. And again, in my research, Unfortunately, I found a lot of people are separating or end up getting divorced who are going through infertility, not because they are not able to have a child. It's because they are not able to get through or resolve the relationship issues that creeps up and pops up pretty quickly. And it did for me too. And that's why I truly believe that infertility should never be a reason for a marriage to fail. And I work with couples a lot because. I will work with them to help them realize why did you get together in the first place? Why did you marry each other in the first place, right? So a couple of tips here. If you are a couple going through infertility challenges and you're thinking, oh my God, this relationship is taking so much of a strain here. One practical tip that I would tell is stand in front of each other, hold your hands, look in each other's eyes and 
say together, together we will get through this too. I'll say that again, together we will get through this too. Because your relationship matters, you know, your marriage matters, your love for each other matters. Infertility is a small hump in your life. It should never be an end of your life, in the end of your marriage life. Absolutely. So do this. This is kind of like a positive affirmation. That's why I ask, like, you have to stand close to each other and hold your hands because when you hold your hands and if you truly mean it from your heart, when the other partner feels like, oh my God, yes, we are in this together. Then you know what? No matter whatever comes in your way, whether it's going to work or not, or whatever trouble you have, you both know that I have the support from my partner. I'm not going through this alone. Because oftentimes couples feel like they are in their own island, not knowing how to communicate or not knowing how to support and not knowing that they are in this together. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a thing for both of them, right? It's a couple's thing. You cannot conceive on your own. Despite what the science says, you still need somebody else's cells in order to conceive. So it is incredibly important. I'm super, super happy that we were able to have you here bring in these insights. You just gave our audience a couple of pieces of actionable advice. Now, for everyone who's not in the Dallas area who wants to work with you, is there a way for them to do that? Do you do like remote sessions? How does it work? In fact, all my clients are not in Dallas right now. <laughs> oh, okay. I have international clients as well. So that's the cool thing about coaching. I do my coaching either through phone or video, internet video. So as long as people can speak English and have a decent internet or phone service, we are game. I'll work with people anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter. And all my information, if people are more curious about what if questions, it's all available in my website. It's pradeepafertilitycoach.com. It's P-R-A-D-E-E-P-A, fertilitycoach.com, all one word. All my information is available out there. And Dr. E, I wanted to share a gift with your listeners, if I may. Of course. Yeah, I'm not going to say no to a gift. <laughs> so when people go to my website on the homepage, if people are thinking about going to a fertility specialist, I have a free download 25 questions that you should ask your fertility doctor. Very useful information because I did not know these are the questions that I should be thinking about. It is an exciting time to go talk to a doctor, but it is also a time where you need to make sure you're asking the right set. So all you need to do is provide your email address and you will get an email with the free download. So that's a free gift. I have an online course. It's a very interactive course with the video and a lot of workbook and things like that. It has modules for men, women, and couples, family, and friends. All that information is available in my website under the resources. So for your listeners, doctor, I wanted to give this discount code, SUCKLESS, S-U-C-K-L-E-S-S, all one word. If you plug that in, you will get a $50 discount of the course price. Oh, wow. That's very generous of you. Thank you very much. And both of those things, I think, are incredibly valuable. Those checklists, what happens here, and I can tell you as a doctor, when people come in, and I shared at the beginning how people would fly from literally all over the world down to Cancun, where we had the clinic, in order to see us, it would be amazing how many times people would come in and you would tell them, you say, do you have any questions? And they would just look like deer in headlights. 
because they're nervous because they've been waiting for this and they think that everything is resolved and they end up not asking you the right questions or whenever we did a video consultation. So being able to print them out and bring it into your doctor's office. People think that, oh, my doctor's going to think that I'm a geek or that I'm a nerd or that I should be doing this. Believe me, as a doctor, I can tell you there's nothing better than knowing that a patient is actually doing his or her homework, is coming in prepared, is taking notes, because that way I will not have to be getting back to them or responding to emails. Because in the end, the whole point of a doctor is to make sure that you get the right information and you get the results that you're looking for. So if somebody's actually taking those additional steps as a doctor, you're like, okay, this person's going to do better. So that's a great, great, great resource. I'll make sure to link both to your website and to your online course. I'm sure that a lot of people listening to us, they probably know someone who's currently going through fertility treatments. They're probably going through IVFs or they're planning to conceive or they're struggling to do it. I think it's a great resource for them. They can do it anywhere in the world, right? Yes, sir. Perfect. Perfect. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great, great, great conversation. It's been great having you here, sharing your experience, sharing your expertise. I really do want to acknowledge that. I think that we need more people committed to helping other people like what you're currently doing, helping them go through all these different emotional stages of your life. I think the work that you're doing by defining infertility is a bump in their life and not something that will define them so people don't become Sarah, the lady who couldn't have a child. She's just Sarah who happened during a certain period of time to not be able to struggle a bit. Just like nobody would say it's Dr. E, the guy with the flu, right? Which I'm almost, almost past right now. We shouldn't let these things define us. And I think that we need more professionals with your empathy and with your willingness to help with people. And I do want to commend you for that. And once again, thank you so much for coming to the show. To everyone listening, if you like the show, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. You have no idea how much it helps us to get noticed in the enormous sea of podcasts in iTunes by you leaving a review. And it doesn't have to be a five-star review. It can be just make it an honest review. Let us know your thoughts. Send us your questions. Remember that you can go to dre.show, that's dre.show forward slash ask, and send me a question about this or any of the other episodes. And if we featured them on the show, you're going to get an Amazon gift card for us featuring that question. If you want to learn more about Pradeepa or any of our other guests, you can do so at dre.show. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, and this has been another episode of the Highwood Health Show. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health Show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.